I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, welcome to my podcast. This is Lorena. This is The Pooch. This is episode two of my podcast and I have major baby brained the last week. My first episode, I was calling my podcast Snapback and having failed to do my research, I realized that that's just a name that's been used a million times. So we're changing names, but that's okay. We're just going to continue as things are. I was going to re-record my first podcast and then I thought, no, it's just going to take away how I felt in the moment recording my first podcast. It was going to be a bit less natural. So we're just going to excuse the whole name change on baby brain. We're calling it the pooch. The pooch is the thing that's changed on my body the most. By pooch, I'm referring to the bit of skin that just sits on your tummy. Um, Obviously, having grown a human, my tummy does not look the same as it did before. It's the thing that people kind of feel the pressure to change the most after having a baby. Um, It is still that snapback concept, you know, the idea that you just want to quickly get rid of any signs that you've had a baby. Um, I guess it's the thing that physically differentiates me most from who I was before. And the thing that I've learned to, I guess, weirdly love because it's just part of me now. So it's the thing that I just, I'm so tired of feeling like I need to quickly change and and bounce back to what I was before. Um, And also, I guess it's a bit of a, a, I guess, a reminder to trust your gut or in this case, (laughs) trust your pooch when it comes to the pressures that come with being a new mum. So yeah, that's the reason for the name change. I wanted to start this episode with a bit of a pet peeve. Um, And I think it's something that a lot of new parents must hear and people don't realize uh, why it's so frustrating, why it's so annoying. But at the same time, the people that often say it are parents themselves and at one point were new parents themselves too. So I just wanted to get this off my chest. Um, Saying to a new parent or a parent at any stage, really, if you think this is bad, just wait, you know, uh, so I copped it a lot. You know, if you think this is bad when she was a newborn, just wait till she's two Or if you think it's bad when you've got one, just wait till you have two, wait till you have multiple kids. I just don't understand the point of making people's struggles feel less. I I just don't get it. I, I, I guess people are trying to give a bit of perspective and stuff, but firstly, all it does is instill fear. What's the point in, you know, getting excited about, you know, being scared? You know, I guess it just makes no sense to me. Why would you want someone to feel scared of the future? Um, having a kid and also why is it that people have to feel the, the the thrill of downplaying the struggles that you're having at the time I think I don't know I, I don't know I've, I've coined a bit of a term and I'll talk about it in other episodes but struggle shaming to me is so uncool I think it's the one of the nastiest things you can do to a parent and I don't think it's done with with 
many bad intentions. But I think when, you know, when someone's in a vulnerable state and you try and tell them, A, um, you're basically whinging about nothing and B, just wait, it's going to get worse. I think that's just really, really nasty and really uncalled for and just makes a person who's probably already feeling a bit crappy and insecure with, you know, new parent life just feel that much worse. I got it so many times, um, you know, when it comes to having, like I said, a newborn, it's so scary when you're a first time mum to have a newborn because, you know, firstly, like there's just so many things out there that freak you out. SIDS, you know, who, you know, who doesn't have SIDS constantly in their brain? The moment you put your kid to sleep or whatever it might be, the moment you turn your back, um, something, you know, there's all these threats that something could go wrong. Then, you know, there's, there's constantly feeding them and up all night and all this stuff. And while it's totally different to have a toddler, I now have a toddler and the differences are huge. Absolutely. I would never say to a person who's a new mum, <laughs> those fears that you have mean nothing because once they turn, you know, 18 months or whatever or less, they're going to be running around and, and breaking things and falling. Like, what's the point? I think you should allow people to be in the moment, have the pressures that they're having, cope with those pressures, provide that support. I, I don't know. If, I think sometimes people just want to sound like experts maybe and they're like, don't worry, I know what's around the corner and it's it's worse and I've been through it. I've been – anyway, I just – I find that so frustrating um, I will get there when I get there. Thank you very much. I have one. When I get two, I'll realize how much harder it is with two. And maybe it's different. And maybe my pain or my struggle threshold will will increase. And that's a learning curve. That's for me. And I feel like what people need to do in the process is to be supportive and loving and caring. Um, that's my rant. <laughs> rant over. So that's my pet peeve. I just wanted to get that out there. And I think uh, I might start my episodes with a few pet peeves because I feel like that's something that new parents develop a little list of. <laughs> so what I want to talk about today is, again, you know, in in line with being kind to yourself. And I kind of thought over the past week about a bit of a like a recipe to that. Um, and I thought, you know, how is it how is it that I can um, kind of frame some some rules around being kind to yourself? And I thought, well, what is it that I would do if I was looking after my child and I wanted to protect them. Um, so I'm talking about treating yourself with parental guidance and applying the same, I guess, logic behind how you would look after your child to yourself. If you are an, in a vulnerable state, if you are, which any new parent is, I can guarantee any new parents in a vulnerable, emotional, physical state, it is extremely difficult at, as a first time parent to go through that experience. So you are, and you are mostly emotionally vulnerable. So I think treating yourself with parental guidance, like you would your child is, you know, doing things like being conscious of what you are exposed to. You know, when you're, you've got a kid now, I've, my kids, my daughter's talking a lot and I have to be conscious of what is said around her. Uh, firstly, because she might repeat it <laughs> and she has repeated it. My gosh, she has repeated it big time, but also because, you know, what she starts to believe about herself and the world around her. So, you know, if you wouldn't want your kid, you know, being around people doing negative self-talk, then be conscious of that yourself. You know, do you want to be exposed to that yourself when you are in such a vulnerable, potentially very bendy, malleable state? You need 
to be conscious of who's around you, what's being said around you, the people that are you're surrounding yourself with, just like you would your kid. What kind of friends would you accept your child having? And if if you would be mindful about friendships, you know, are they kind? Are they a good influence? Are they making your kid feel good about themselves or not? You need to apply that to yourself. And, you know, even people with the best intentions, even people whose background is different and you'd want to give them, you know, some leeway because they've had, you know, some baggage in the past. But at the time when you're the most vulnerable, you need to be putting yourself first. And, you know, even if people mean well, but they they say things that are hurtful or, you know, they just they're doing their best with what they know, but it's causing you problem or it's causing you to doubt yourself as a parent. It's causing you to feel, you know, I don't know, more stressed than before. Then I'm not saying cut them out completely, but maybe keep them at arm's length and just be conscious of that because you go home with that. You take that on board with your vulnerability. So you need to be aware of that. Um, You know, I think the other thing I would be conscious of is just like with a kid is, you know, manage what you watch or what you're exposed to. So again, if it's things that maybe are causing you some difficulty when you watch them, social media, big time, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff that I struggled with in terms of what I was watching because I would see constant ads for dieting or constant ads for bouncing back or I don't know, you know, so the internet algorithm knows exactly what you're going through in life and somehow you get ads for stuff that somehow is at the peak of what you're experiencing at that point in time. So I was constantly th- reading things about, you know, how to lose baby weight fast, um, how to, you know, get your kid to sleep really quickly and, you know, all these allegedly useful methods were just causing me so much stress you know, so much pressure that was I was putting on me just because I was exposing myself to so much information that I feel maybe in hindsight I should have been conscious of. Um, just unfollow, switch it off, just stop stop watching it. You know, there's I, I unfollowed so many people online. Um, not that they were doing anything bad, but it was, again, it was about managing like a parent what I was exposing myself to. So, you know, promoting anything that had to do with, you know, bouncing back really quickly. Uh, It's just for me, whether or not my physical health journey has to be about being healthy, that's what works for me. And that is something that I know psychologically is going to be what I need. If I am focusing on looking a certain way um, or, you know, quickly trying to shed any signs that I had a baby, it's just causing me this pressure and it's unrealistic um it's just causing a huge problem within me so i and and it's taking me so far away from not just body positivity but body neutrality like it's taking me into a really negative space to be exposed to all that stuff so i just unfollow i don't need to bounce back um i'm a i'm a person who's had a baby my body has changed Um, I'm not saying I don't want it to be healthy. I'm just saying, why does it need to look like it did before I had a baby? I'm, I'm not interested in hiding that. So I don't need to, I don't need to be, I guess, exposed to this idea that my body should look like it did before I had a baby. Um, other things, you know, you might want to be conscious of exposing yourself to is things that you might be struggling with emotionally or psychologically since having a baby. For me, 
one of those things was, and I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize it until I was exposed to this, this type of stuff was I had this idea. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That I was going to have a very natural birth um, very natural. I, I mentioned it in my first episode, I like things mostly the natural way. So when I, when I had planned to have my baby, I was very conscious of not having like this very regimented idea of what I wanted to have in my birthing experience, because we all know that that's not something that you can necessarily plan. Um, but deep down inside, I, I can be a little bit cocky. So even if people say to you, you know, worst case scenario, you might end up having an emergency cesarean if things go wrong. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, sure thing. But that doesn't really happen to me. I, I'm a little bit too um, cocky in that sense. So unfortunately, uh, my plan was to have a water birth um, completely drug free and things didn't go the way that I wanted. And I did end up having an emergency cesarean, which, you know, it's all good to say to someone in that situation, it doesn't really matter how the baby came out, you know, you got a beautiful baby and it's good. You know, I just, it doesn't kind of help when, when the person like me had a very different expectation. And yeah, maybe the problem is that I did put expectations in how I was going to have my birth, but I did struggle with the fact that I wasn't, it it was a bit of an ego hit. Like I wasn't able to do it. So many other people have been, um, including my mom, including, you know, everyone in my family. I'm the first person who have to have an emergency cesarean. And I had this idea that I was going to power through drug free. Um, and have a beautiful water birth. Anyway, you know, that, that took me some time to deal with and get over and I'm, I'm totally over it now, whatever. I've got a scar that I'm not even, I'm actually proud of my scar. That's all good. But I do know that, um, when I, when I see things online about other people having, you know, different, the birth that I guess that I wish I had had, or, you know, there's a lot of, um, 
information out there about um, how you know hospitals put pressure on mothers to have certain certain procedures in their birthing and that is something that you know I, I feel very I, I don't know how to word it but I feel very cut when I read a lot of articles about the fact that um, basically in hindsight what I went through if someone from a, a different perspective was looking at my story they'd probably say oh I did it because the hospital somehow put pressure on me because I ended up having an epidural I ended up um, like I said I, yeah I had gas I had epidural I had um, sterile water drops put in my back that's extremely painful um, and then I ended up having an emergency cesarean I think I had syntocin as well I don't honestly I don't remember I ha- was in labor for four days I'll tell the story later another time but long story short it's something that you know I definitely did not plan to do um, and then when I read things online about firstly people having the, the ideal birth that I, I felt was ideal or people's views on procedures or, or, you know, medical processes that happen in, in birthing suites that, you know, hospitals put pressure on you and you shouldn't have to go through those things. That makes me feel really crappy about the experience that I had because I know, I'm so confident that the, the, the nursing staff that were looking after me literally were, there was no pressure whatsoever. They were providing me the best information they had at hand and ultimately they were trying to keep me and my baby safe and exposing myself to that stuff after the fact when I really struggled with the thought for a long time that I basically my body failed or I was just not strong enough to go through this process um, really didn't help me. So again, unfollow, you know, switch it off. That's the kind of stuff that for me, uh, it's not helpful. Uh, you know, it's not helpful when I've gone through a journey of accepting that, you know, this experience that I was sure that I would have, I haven't had. Um, and also people saying, well, you didn't really give birth then, did you? I absolutely gave birth. I can, I didn't give birth through my vagina, but I gave birth. I, um, I had four days of contractions and I went through a huge process psychologically and physically. So that is what I consider having birth. Um, thank you very much. (laughs) So, um, other things that I would say, you know, to, to look after yourself or provide yourself with that parental guidance is, I know it sounds silly, but, you know, observe yourself for tired and hungry signs, just like you would your kid. Honestly, when you are at the complete early stages of having a baby and you are, you know, I guess struggling for time to, to even scratch your head, let alone eat breakfast or drink some water or whatever it might be. Um, there are signs, I guess, that you should look out for for yourself. You know, you know, really, when you stop and I guess take a mindful minute, um, you know what what hunger feels like. I think some people forget, and, and like I mentioned in my in my previous episode, you know, um, putting some things down so you can do the non negotiables is really important. So if you're tired and hungry, but you're there folding clothes, put it down and just eat something. You know, the baby might be sleeping. If you need to sleep, sleep. If you need to eat, eat. Do those non-negotiable first. Think about your survival above the things that need to get done because those things will always need to get done and those things will always be there. But just like you would look out for your child, I think you should look out for yourself. Um, Other things that I think, you know, 
like you would for your kid is make the stuff that you have to do more enjoyable. If you're struggling to get through, if you think you need to drink more water and I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to tell you how much to drink. But if you think you need to drink more water and you're struggling to do that, make it tasty, you know, put a, a tea infusion, one of those tea infusions in there, make it more enjoyable, sip it throughout the day. Same with your food. If you're, if you're thinking, oh, I'm just eating stuff that I shouldn't be eating and probably need a bit more protein or salads or whatever in my life, make it more interesting for yourself. If, if that works for you, I'm just saying, you know, just like you would for your kid, you need to look after your body as well. So make it more fun. Um, and just be mindful of your self-talk, the language that you use about yourself. Um, I think one thing is to be able to be vulnerable and honest with your how you're feeling, and that's really important. I think it's it's not healthy, in my view, to pretend like you're okay when you're not. Um, I think it's important to speak up when you're struggling. Um, you know, if you feel depressed, say it. I don't think there's you know there shouldn't be any shame in using the, those words and using that language. But what I'm talking about more is the way you talk about your body. Um, the way you talk about how you're coping or how you're doing things, um, you know, and I think that's the, the pressure and the doubt that, that really hits as, as a new mum is this sense of failure. For me, I don't know, I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but for me it was this sense of just not doing things really properly and feeling like every day I don't do things perfectly is a day that I'm failing my child and I'm you couldn't even be, you know, impacting her development. And maybe I'm super dramatic here, but that's how I was feeling at first. I was super vulnerable and I was like every minute of every day, um, I need to be getting things spot on. Otherwise I could be affecting her future. So, um, you know, saying things like, I don't know what I'm doing or I, you know, look at me, I'm fat. I, I just can't, I don't know. Like I look disgusting. Nothing, you know, looks good on me. I look feral, um, even, you know, I used to, I, I remember saying it to my daughter, um, not that she really understood what I was saying, but saying, oh, you know, mommy always looks like a monster when we go out, you know, mommy looks homeless, blah, 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 all that stuff. I was constantly saying it to myself. And then I found that I was putting less effort, even when I had more and more time increasingly. Now I obviously I still struggle with time, but now I'm a little bit more used to my new life. So I know how to manage my time a little bit better. And I find that I'm able to put the effort in a little bit more than before, but it's just about how I, I use that time properly. And if I'm constantly talking about myself negatively, like someone who's always looking like a homeless monster, then, um, yeah, I'm just going to treat myself that way and, and not like I deserve to look and feel a bit better. Uh, not everyone thinks like me, I get that. But for me, looking good makes me feel good. So taking a few minutes out to, I don't know, fix my eyebrows, chuck my hair in a, in a slightly neater mum bun then you know then what I walk around the house with makes me feel you know even if it's 10 cents better that's worth something um, but that all comes with how I how I perceive myself and and a sense of I guess self-worth so um, in line with you know all of those things I think parental guidance towards yourself is huge be conscious of what you're exposing yourself to be mindful about you know, what's around you, you need to treat yourself like a vulnerable child. And that I think that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, you need to protect yourself because no one will protect you as much as you can protect yourself. So I have a little um, tip, I guess, that I want to end this episode in. And um, I think every now and then I'm going to give some hacks and tips 
um, that I've found helpful. Um, they're not necessarily going to be the, the hacks that you think of as a new parent. There's plenty out there, you know, the type, the best types of pumps, how to set sleeping routines, all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'm not here to do that, please. There is enough out there. I'm not here to educate anyone on parenting. I'm not a perfect parent by far, far from it. Um, but my tip is get yourself a non-see-through keep cup uh, because here's the reason wine and coffee look exactly the same when you cannot see inside the keep cup. Okay, that's my <laughs> that's my fun tip for the day. Um, I have gone on nice strolls with a good friend and maybe had coffee or maybe no one knows what was in my keep cup and had a great time and yeah, do you enjoy it. So we've come to the end of this episode. I'm just going to end it by saying to trust your gut and be kind to your pooch. Hope you have a good week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.